0: I learned that early on. I didn't need to focus on, I need to sell this many policies today. I had to focus on, I need to talk to this many people today Mm -hmm. and do this many quotes out of those. So you just do the simple backwards math.
1: Welcome to the Insurance Producers Podcast, where we bring you the top personalized producers insurance agents, and industry partners, giving you at least three takeaways to 10X your production and build your multi-million dollar revenue books. So sit back, relax, and become inspired by the success stories and strategies of the world's top insurance minds. Let's roll. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Insurance Producers Podcast. Man, I'm super excited today. I've got a good uh, friend of ours here, Justin Miller. Justin, what's happening, man? What's going on? What's what's been happening in your world? Man, nothing in our world, man. Just um, trying to figure out what the carriers are going to do, trying to figure out what the the agency partners, trying to figure out with our producers. Um, I feel like we are... At the end of this, not at the end of it, but I think we're slowly getting a little bit away from the hard market, man, on the personal line side, at least. I got a little bit of a little bit of, bit of glitter of hope today when I found out that uh, Safeco has got new incentives for new business. I was like, what? That's that's good news, man. That means the progressive was telling me they're going to get a push uh, to get to the number one spot for auto, man. Um Geico's coming to the independent channel, man. I feel like a lot of good stuff's happening, man. Getting me excited for 2024. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm with you. I don't know if it's because we're kind of seeing light at the end of the tunnel, or if
0: it's just like I, I remember when I was a kid, and we used to go to this this place here locally called Point Mallard, and it's this um, water park thing, and they had Alabama's first wave pool. And hmm. was, you know, you get in the wave pool, and the horn goes off, and all of a sudden, the big waves start. And the waves are going on for a few minutes. And for like the first 30 seconds of those waves, I'm a kid and I'm in there and I'm thinking, holy crap, I'm going to drown. And then after a few seconds, the waves don't stop, but you just kind of adjust to them. And so I think that I don't know if the waves are coming to a stop or if we've all just kind of grown better swimming mm-hmm. legs. If we're adjusting to them either way. It feels better than it did a year ago.
1: I would, I would a hundred percent agree. I think we're, there's light at the end of the tunnel, uh, and we're excited for for 2024, man. And and obviously February to March, is we live in Nebraska, February is our last cold month. Uh, we've been in the last two three months of coldness, so okay. yeah, man, it's it's it, we're we're excited. It, everything is happening. I know Alabama, you guys are uh, you guys are in in in, the, in some capacity. Different weather patterns there as well, right? It's been crazy here. Yeah, we, uh,
0: we're we coming up on, we just had like snow and ice here, which is pretty rare for us, but we just had that a couple of weeks ago. And within the next probably 30 days, it'll be in the 80s outside and we'll be worried wow. about tornadoes that are blowing into town because we're coming up into tornado season for us. And we just kind of all hold our breath wondering what's our loss ratio going to look like <laughs> by the time July gets here because from the month of March through June in Alabama is prime season for wind and hail claims. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it's good times here, man.
1: Lots happening in, in Millerville. So it's, it's good. That's awesome. Well, Hey, Justin, if a lot of people don't know you, man, um, I would really love for you to kind of go back just a quick 30 second, um, uh, where you're from, what you're doing, what you're up to, what you've done and, uh, catch us up to today, man, what's been happening. And I can tell you all about me in 30 seconds and have time left over. So, um,
0: here in Alabama, and started in an insurance about so coming up on 17 years ago. I did my time captive, like a lot of independent agents did. Uh, small regional carrier named Alpha Insurance is where I started, and I say small. Anybody in Alabama that's listening to this might be kind of offended by that because in Alabama, Alphas, you know, one of the mm-hmm. top dogs. They're second only to State Farm, I think. Um, And so I started there and then um, transitioned to went from Alpha to Farmers, spent about seven years with Farmers Insurance. And then that got me about a decade into the insurance industry. And then I flipped to the independent side Mm -hmm. and worked for a couple of other agencies before uh, less than a year ago. My wife, uh, Jessica, and I opened up our own independent insurance agency, Miller insurance uh, agency, LLC. And so we opened that last year and um, that was, that had been kind of in the works for the last few years and last year was the time. And in addition to that, a couple of years ago, I started offering, I guess you could say tech consulting for other independent agencies, uh, primarily stepping in to help them get their tech stack as connected as possible. And so that outfit's called Premium Integrations, and through Premium Integrations, I get to work with lots of really cool agency owners, and I learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. And um, I get to help them connect their CRM with their AMS and everything from their website to their social media marketing to all the things their their VoIP provider and everything that matters to them. We get it as connected as we can. So that's me and what I'm doing, and I'm just plugging away at it, man, doing all I can. It's busy. And that's good.
1: Independent agents, are you tired of the endless hours spent quoting home and auto insurance? Quotamation is here to revolutionize your process. We get it. Time is of the essence. And you don't want to manually gather VIN numbers, drivers, or home quoting data. Automation not only streamlines your process, but quotes through your management system and carrier codes, ensuring accuracy and efficiency. Plus, you can embed it on your website and your clients can get a quote within 60 seconds. Revolutionize your coding experience today. Visit Quotamation.com and take the first step towards a faster, smarter insurance workflow. On the technology piece of it, so is there... So you don't, well, you know, because I talk to people all the time. They're like, "Well, it's either like you're you're applied easy links kind of person, or you're more like your vertifors or or Hawksoft or whatever." Like for you, that's not really the case, right? You're just like, "Hey, like I have I I kind of do them all." Is what I'm assuming. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want
0: to say that and make it sound boastful at all. I wouldn't call myself an expert in all of them. But I do try to be agnostic about it when I start a mm. conversation. If you were to reach out to me wanting help with your tech before booking a meeting or trying to help, I wouldn't run some sort of filter asking what tech you use. I, I, mm. I love learning about the new platforms. I've worked in just about any AMS that you could name at this point. I think I've probably dabbled in it some mm. and then some of them more than others. But I love experiencing across the board what one will do and the other, and I think that that leaves me postured to mm-hmm. give pretty good advice to agency owners when they're asking, which AMS should I be using, and mm. which CRM will it work best with? With you know, Insured Mind, Better Agency, Agency Zoom, Client Circle, which one do I need?
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, at
0: this point, I've worked in pretty much all of them and have a somewhat informed opinion. Yeah, I, I approach it with uh, with just the the mindset of. I don't really care what tech you're using. Tell me what you're using and what your pain points are. And let's see if we can make things better.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I've got a lot of, we talked about this beforehand and I've got a lot of opinions on this, but um, this is a podcast where Justin Miller's talking and Cyrus doesn't, Cyrus doesn't, and and you're way better than better than me on tech side. So what is the biggest problem in our world on the independent channel all these tech blooms, man, everybody's got a tech company and all these new techs coming in and telling people, you should use this, you should use that. There's 10 of each anymore. What is the disconnect between the independent agents and the tech side of things? Like, why, why do we not know what we're doing? What's going on?
0: Yeah, so I don't really know the best answer to that. But I, I will say that I don't want this to, to come across sounding derogatory toward anyone at all but I think that something that I've observed is that in the world of insurance agency owners, if you were to draw, you and I talked about this earlier, if you were to draw a Venn diagram of people that make really good insurance agents in one circle and then people with a high level of tech proficiency in another circle,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, a Venn diagram is where you have two sets in two circles or at least two circles and you see where those sets overlap. And, overlapping the point of the Venn diagram is overlapping is often the sweet spot that you're looking for. But the circles we just mentioned, good insurance agents or agency owners and people that are highly tech proficient, those circles, it seems sometimes barely touch and don't overlap very much at all. And that's not intended to sound insulting toward agency owners or insurance agents at all, because whatever that skill set is that makes somebody a phenomenal insurance agent they don't need to change that just to become better with technology. Mm. Uh, I, I think, though, that that leaves them needing help with mm-hmm. technology. And I, I think that that's, that's more my side of things. I've had, a at this point, what feels like a pretty long career as an insurance agent. But I feel like pretty late in that game, I discovered that in that Venn diagram, I'm more in the tech circle. Than the Mm -hmm. agent circle. And I I think that I've kind of gotten to know myself. It's been an exercise in self-awareness, I think, helping people with their tech because I've learned that maybe this is where I really belonged all along. I've got the insurance knowledge to be able to have a pretty uh, helpful perspective when the agency owners talk to me, but I can approach it as the tech guy instead of the insurance agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's part of the problem in the tech world for agents is that a lot of times they, they know they need the tech and there's a world full of tech that's thrown at them and marketed to them at um, conferences and um, in their mastermind groups that they all go to. They've got tech vendors that are just shoving stuff in their face. Mm-hmm. And then depending on what AMS they use and CRM they use, they've got integration partners that are really pushing. Well, use me. Use me. Ours is the best. Mm-hmm. They don't really know what to pick, and so they end up just going all around, around the bar, and they try everything, and they end up with six things that didn't work. And it, it's not really – because those things don't work, I think it's just because that person is a really good insurance agent, and they need to outsource the uh, the tech setup to somebody else that's more in that circle.
1: Interesting. What? It, what what do you think is a number? And this is, you you might not know this an, this, an, this answer or, or or maybe you can give me a, a close guess. I would assume there's a large number of people that have like an like an like an Easy Links, for example, or a Four or AMS or whatever, some kind of AMS, and they're like, oh, now I got to go find my a, find my my sales center. I got to go find my uh, find my CRM to be able to connect into connect into Easy Links and like where we really if you dig deep inside of this, the AMS that you have or the CRM that you have a lot of those things are inside of it and you and I feel like especially that I, that I, what I'm seeing is we really don't have those people that are all with those AMSs or CRMs they don't have like people like Justin Miller who could say hey listen let me teach you exactly how to take full advantage of the sales center side the retention side the, the all this other stuff and that's the issue that I'm running into today would, that has to be one of the things because I run into that every day. I'm sure you're running into that too with some of the agents. Oh yes, you know, and I don't think that that's necessarily a
0: fixable problem. I don't think it's practical to think that a CRM provider can educate their support staff, that their support department, and and somehow inject in them the experience and knowledge to tell them how does an agency need this tech to work. You know, they mm-hmm. they can study the the playbook, if you want to call it that, the user manual for the tech. But we get out here as producers and mm-hmm. agency owners, we get out here and we we take to it cowboy style and we mm-hmm. recover that stuff to do what we need it to do. Mm-hmm. And from a liability standpoint, the tech company can't really advise you to do that or tell you how. So you you reach out oh. to the support department at this CRM asking them well, I know that this this agent down the street is doing this with it. How do I do that? Well, they don't know because he's got it bridged together through um, uh, Integromat or Make or Zapier or Power right. Automate or right. just a, some sort of custom API that, that somebody like me has built for him. He, he's got that built out connecting to another system. Well, they don't know that. And they can't be it's not practical to educate them to that point to where they would know that. And then you turn around and you got the AMS. Like uh, we're on, um, I probably shouldn't mention any specific companies, but we're on Hawksoft and I love Hawksoft. I I don't ever plan to leave Hawksoft, but I don't have an expectation that if I call Hawksoft support, they're going to know how to get it to do everything under the sun that Mm Hawksoft is capable of doing. Because some of that stuff requires um, cooperation from a third party and they just Mm -hmm. can't, they can't be brought up to speed on all of that. There's too many hypothetical scenarios for them to be prepared for all of them. Um, and and I, I I talked long enough in answering that, that I don't even remember what the original question was, but I, no, I don't think no those support departments can be prepared
1: for everything we can throw at them. So why don't, oh they, don't partner they partner with, partner with like, like a, a Justin company. Miller or consultants that basically do this for a living, and then and then you become maybe an independent contractor for this for this for this AMS or for this CRM or something and then you guys kind of jump in and help hey here's what this agency is doing here's how this agency is doing cuz you're right some of these people that are with these AMSs CRMs at the at the corporate level they've never been agents like some of these people are just like they own the companies or whatever or they they hire these people they train them some things to do uh, does that not exist right now like wouldn't that help these people these CRMs and AMSs And
0: I I guess it probably would I I would say that and that does exist some like in there's one particular uh, consultant in the Hawksoft world. Um, it's a lady named Peggy and Peggy is is the person with Hawksoft and she's exclusively contracted. She doesn't work for Hawksoft, but she's a oh, consultant okay. exclusively contracted to help Hawksoft agencies. There are people with other CRM vendors that are kind of on their short list of here. Are our recommended consultants mm-hmm. to help you set this up. Uh, so I think it does kind of sort of exist. But you're right that it doesn't in uh, like wholesale that doesn't exist. And I can only speak for me in answering that. And I can say that no offense to any of them. But if any one of these tech vendors whose platforms I've worked in called me asking about that scenario you just talked about, hey, we want you to be our guy. um, While I would probably be flattered by it, it doesn't matter to me which company's calling. The answer for me is no.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: reason for that for me is because at its core, this is an exercise in creativity for me. I get with Cyrus and we talk about your agency and what are your struggles? Mm-hmm. What's not working right? Not efficient enough. Where does your, your staff, where are the pain points they're feeling? It's an exercise in creativity for me to try to solve those problems for you using your tech stack that I'm not necessarily all that familiar with. And I would trade away a lot of that opportunity for creativity if all of a sudden I confined myself into this bubble of working with this one technology company, right? If I was going to work only with Vertifor products, only with applied products. So for somebody like me, I would just say no because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't enjoy that. But also I would do that at the exclusion of a large part of the market. I've already mentioned to you that I try to approach this Being agnostic about what tech somebody is using. Well, I've met a lot of really, really good agents. Some that are now I consider them good personal friends of mine. And if I had partnered with XYZ AMS provider, it might not be the one that they were using. And I might have never gotten Mm -hmm. the opportunity to meet and work with them and learn Mm -hmm. what I learned from them and help them the way that I did. So Mm -hmm. I don't really want to do that and exclude part of the market because they don't use this tech platform but also, I just want to be able to be creative and work in all platforms and learn about them all.
1: Yeah, so cool.
0: And, and no, that's, plus, a good, that's a good answer. This way, there's so many times that uh, there's some sort of scandal in the news because CEO of this company <laughs> did this so and so. and if I partner with one company and then the next day their CEO does something that causes their their stock price to tank and their product is now garbage and nobody wants it. Well, I've hitched my wagon to that mule, and I'm just going wherever they go.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: uh, i like being able to uh, be nimble and adapt and work in different systems so that if something like that happens I can distance myself and stay over here where
1: I'm at so yeah no that makes sense what justin what are you seeing some of the pain points you talk to agents you talk to producers on a daily basis and you solve problems for them on the tech side what are some pain points that you're like you're like just dealing with you're like oh yeah I just talked to a couple a couple of people yesterday, they had the same problems. Like what are, what are some of those things? I know it's connectivity, right? Like connecting this to that, right? But what is one or two things if you had to like pinpoint that, like whether that is what you're dealing with. And then one more thing on top of that is what is one or two things that you would recommend maybe to some of the producers uh, to do?
0: Yeah. So on the, the first thing, I mean, if I look back at all the things that agencies have come to me and wanted help with, I think we could probably narrow down some things that are common to all of them. And it comes down to stuff that that's kind of, I guess, cliche things like they need the connectivity of a a really robust um, intake system, whether Mm -hmm. we're talking on their website or something that's internal only, they need a really robust intake system that, especially in the market we're in right now, gets all the necessary underwriting info, doesn't miss a step, and collects it in a a, a, a consistent way and feeds it directly into both their CRM and their AMS so that it's mm. sitting there waiting to be leveraged. There's no double entry involved, and it can be pushed to whatever rating platform they're using if they use one. So, I mean, that that's probably one of the main things is they need a consistent intake method. And there's some really good... Um, tools out there to make intake as quick and easy and the quoting as quick and easy as possible. I think another one that I deal with a lot, aside from the intake mechanisms like the different web forms, I think another one that I deal with a lot is probably this whole world of uh, the automated texting communications and then Mm -hmm. you you throw into that umbrella the, okay, well, what's the best practice for opt-in and how often do I need to go back and get opt-in again. Does it expire? and When does it expire? And what's the best tools to use for that that will integrate with everything? So the the texting and the VoIP provider thing is another big, those are probably the two ones, the two that I deal with the most is what's the best, most seamless intake method. And then over here on the texting side, what's the one that integrates the most with the most stuff and the whole TCR compliance and opt-in regulations is just really scary for a lot of folks right now. And so those are probably the two that I deal with the most. And I mean, you said something about, you asked, what is something, what, how did you word your second question? What would I, Yeah, that was my, something that my I
1: second, do. yeah, what do you, what do you recommend for producers maybe to do? Not so much like, cause you don't want to be like, okay, use this product, right. Or anything like that, because there's so many yeah. that you use that you don't, obviously don't want to name one, but 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 what are some things that the producers and the agents can do today at a bigger level to kind of like just simplify their life if they're not going to use a Justin Miller? You're like, hey, this is something that you could do really quick potentially to 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 help save you some time at least. Well, I mean, I think that if we back way
0: up, if they're not going to use somebody like me and they don't have to, you know, I mean, they they, they can do a lot on their own. But I think the best answer that would apply to as as many people as possible in that world where they're not going to hire an automation consultant guy is well, let's just step back and look at some old school methods that are tried mm-hmm. and true and always did work and always will work. We come out with all these new integrated automated ways of doing things and they're fantastic and I don't want to do without them. But what they really do is take methods that we know have historically worked and they enable us to do them um, more efficiently and at larger scale. Like we've always mm-hmm. known that reaching out and calling somebody is one of the most effective ways. One of the best sales tools ever invented is the phone. And so that's one of the best ways to communicate. So the old version was, we'll just pick up a phone and call people. Mm-hmm. But now we've gotten into these automated ways of whether we're talking auto dialers or sending automated voicemail messages that drop directly mm-hmm. into the voicemail box or automating text messages because now most people would rather text than talk. We use automation to try to scale up doing something that historically has always worked. But if we're not going to have somebody set that up and we don't know how to do it, then just back up, focus on what Mm -hmm. always worked because generally speaking, what always did work almost always will work. And so just fall back and start picking up the phone, man, just Mm -hmm. call people. There's, I remember back when I started almost 17 years ago now, um, I learned really quickly from a district manager that I had that I can't control the results, at least not as much as I might want to. I I can't enter into the office on Monday morning and have in my mind how many policies or households or whatever I want to have sold by the end of Friday and control whether or not I get there. I don't have ultimate control over that. What I can control is how much activity I accomplished during that time and I can look back and see historically that result by Friday evening that I care about historically, that result comes from X amount of activity. And so I can rely on that. If that amount of activity has bred that level of result historically, then most of the best indicator of future results always has been past results. Mm. And so if, I, if that's the past result, and I'm aiming for a certain future result. Let me do the things that led to that in the past. So just aim for a certain amount of activity. I learned that early on. I didn't need to focus on, I need to sell this many policies today. I had to focus on, I need to talk to this many people today Mm. and do this many quotes out of those. So you just do the simple backwards math of, well, if I need five policies, that means I need to quote 15. And if I need to quote Mm. 15, I need to talk to 40 people, just making up numbers. Mm -hmm. And if I need to talk to 40 people, I probably need to dial 100 Mm -hmm. phone numbers. Sixty of them aren't going to answer or are going to hang up on me. And so then that's my goal for the week. Forget five policies. My goal is call 100 people. And so for producers, if they're not going to set up tech, I would do it that way. Go old school and just focus on the activity and forget the results. The results will be there if you just focus on the activity.
1: Yeah, but I would assume that once you build an agency and you've got producers, like we have 13, 14 salespeople that write business every day. And if I didn't track everything, we didn't have technology to track those calls, those texts, those emails, I wouldn't know conversion ratio. If I didn't know right. conversion ratio, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything else about this person. And I wouldn't know how to help them improve, how to become better. Well, Why is why do, this person is doing the same amount of quotes, but this person is closing 20% higher. Like what are some things that are happening between, The two like we have that right now you know why is somebody writing 1.8 million in premium and everybody else is at like 600 to 800 or why is there why the outliers so if you don't have like your tech set up the old school way like work for those people but if you don't have your tech set up and you can't scale at the level that you would want to or we want to like we want to obviously improve on everything and you can't improve if you don't know your statistics but if you're not going to use tech, you're probably not going to know your statistics because you have to manually add all those. And and it's kind of yeah. the chicken or the egg mentality, I guess. But, um, but Justin, what do you... i
0: agree with all of that. I think the largest agency that I work with right now consulting them on their tech is around $70 million in active premium. And then the smallest one, would would probably be mine. We started scratch this year. So one of the smallest would be uh, Miller Insurance Agency. But then there's some that are even smaller than that because they started more recently. Um, And I will say that the larger ones definitely rely on the tech way more. And I, I think it is a chicken and egg thing. But my gut says they're not relying on the tech because they're larger. It's more the case that they were able to get that large because they started leaning on tech mm-hmm. and the tech enabled them to grow that much mm-hmm. i don't know how you'd have time though to measure all this stuff and track i mean you're too busy standing in line at the bank cash and checks man you don't have time to track all this stuff <laughs> you're too busy making deposits into your bank account
1: <laughs> <laughs> no hey hey that's the old school way it was deposit check now it's electronic bro e f d s that's <laughs> that was a little bit of problems <laughs> yeah, it's not-
0: hair showing now and I'm showing
1: my <laughs> yeah. yeah. own no, that's awesome. Dude, I, I, I love this topic. So so go let me go through Justin Miller, I hired you and I am actually going to use you. I a hundred percent am going to use it. So I'm using you, Justin. What is your step process of okay, Cyrus, you're a client, like let's say take us for example, like I don't know, call this 50 million 50 million in premium. Uh, very driven on home and auto of uh, personal lines, 70, 80% or whatever, 82% personal lines, um, 13, 14 different agents, different agents uh, and 12 account managers, whatever. Take our agency, for example, Like, what will you do with us as far as like, what's your process look like on onboarding an agency, for example? What are some questions you're asking and all that stuff, just so people kind of know what to expect?
0: Yeah, so the the first thing that I'll say is part of the reason that I stepped in and started doing this at the scale that I'm doing it now is because uh, there's nothing wrong with with some of the other people that are doing similar things to me, approaching it in more of a uh, pre-made, template-driven, I don't want to say cookie-cutter, but you know what I'm getting Mm -hmm. at. Mm -hmm. Cookie-cutter sounds derogatory. I don't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. But there's a place for that, but then there's this gap left of, well downloadable content that I could purchase somewhere or downloadable workflows don't necessarily map onto every agency. Mm. And so there's this space left for somebody to come in and approach it in this um, concierge boutique kind of uh, conversation. So mm. that conversation with you, if if we assume that today's our first meeting and mm-hmm. we've entered into this uh, contract where I'm going to be working with you on this stuff. So the first meeting is going to be a little bit different with every agency because, again, I'm tailor making it for that agency and every agency is different. But it's basically going to be, OK, does this need to just be agency owner or do they have a right hand person or a team mm-hmm. that needs to be part of this? That's also decision makers. And so we meet and we talk about um First of all, we talk about the, the tech, what's your current tech stack and right. what are you feeling that's not working? I mean, we wouldn't be mm-hmm. here talking about this if you felt everything is working perfectly. So tell me what's yep. going on that, yep. that makes you feel like you could improve it. But then also back up outside the context of technology and talk about where's your agency at and where are you trying to get to? Mm-hmm. Because the tech is just one of the tools that you're using to help you get there. Another is the people. And we got to keep those people in mind when we're tweaking the tech because- I can't come in and change your tech workflows and shove that down the throat Mm -hmm. of perfectly good producers that are then disrupted and made unhappy. So we got to find this, this road between those two ditches of changing enough that we improve things and not changing so much that it's unnecessarily disruptive to the other systems, like the people and the business plan and the long-term goals that we have. So basically we would sit down and we would talk about what are your struggles? What are your goals? And, and, What's the tech you're currently using? And then in that first meeting, we try to end that first meeting with basically some action items that the agency owner and the team there prioritizes for me. Mm-hmm. Here's what we, at, what we want to uh, tackle first. And then after that, we're going to meet, depending on the, the number of things we're working on and how accelerated we're wanting the pace to move. Uh, we're going to meet probably biweekly. And there'll be communication in between those bi-weekly meetings, but we're going to meet at least bi-weekly and bring that list of action items. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about here what we've accomplished in the last couple of weeks, and we've checked these things off the list. Let's add some more to the bottom of the list. Let's talk about the ones we haven't checked off yet, but we've made progress on. Mm-hmm. Um, I use some uh, task management tools that we share myself and the client. We share so that we can keep track of things together. Um, but that, that's kind of how it starts out is let's just, let's just talk, man. We're both business owners. Uh, We, Mm -hmm. we know that this is more than a technology conversation. So yeah, I'm going to help you with the tech, but that's just, that's just the smaller context that I'm going to help in the goals we're aiming for live in a bigger context. So let's back Mm -hmm. up and talk about those. Let's talk
1: about where we're trying to get to. And so that's kind of how it starts out. It's just really big picture. That's cool okay awesome so obviously you got to know the tech stack okay what's your crm what's your ams what's your your voice over ip and all that stuff how is it connected what's the follow-up look like is everybody using their own cell phone so there's a lot of like discovery stuff for you to kind of take from us go back put a plan together come back and say okay here's kind of what we're thinking and then kind of go from there so that's good to hear it's tailored it's tailored to that agency Of how we do business, it's not so much of "Hey, here's what we what I offer," and kind of a cookie cutter. I know you don't mean that in a in a bad way, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of companies that do it. It works for them; it's completely fine. But but I understand what you're
0: saying. There's some agency owners that, as consumers of this kind of stuff, that's what they're looking for. There's nothing wrong with an agency owner thinking I just need some pre made automated Mm -hmm. email, text messages, or a pre-made structure. Let me go out and get it downloaded. I don't need to pay the higher price for somebody's time to custom make Mm -hmm. something. And if that's the case, as I already said, I don't want that. That, There's Mm -hmm. nothing creative in that. There's no problem solving in that. That's just transactional. And so at least, again, that sounds insulting. There's nothing individualized for them. There is problem solving, but it's done Uh, it's done in a one size fits all kind of approach. And then we put it Mm -hmm. out on the shelf and let them buy it. And I just don't enjoy doing that. So uh,
1: yeah, there's nothing wrong with
0: that. There's a market for it. It's just not a market that I serve.
1: Nope. hundred percent, man. I think, I think a lot of, a lot of agency owners, they just think, they think they want to do it. They think they can do it. They get into it. They do it for like a couple of months, mess things up. And now we got this whole new process, but they don't have, the time because we run into thousands of things we're dealing with we're not in the day-to-day the tech side of things the automation side of things and if you really don't focus on it uh, like i run a tech company automation obviously it's one of our it's one of our one of our raters i own a bunch of different agencies and we have all this like automation and everything and i have a guy that that kind of helps with some of that internally here in the office but we're nowhere close Uh, we need a help from a justin miller but if I wanted to do it myself, there is no way I have maybe one hour every two weeks that I could spend on it. And one hour every two weeks means that it's not important to you and you're not going to do it in the ability that like a Justin Miller who does this on a daily basis. And it's going to give you a uh, proof that this is going to work once it's all said and done. Um, do you, do you, do you stay as like a consultant as like a 1099 to the agency or, or do you, one of those things where like, you kind of fix this, you'll never fix an agency. Like, cause there's always stuff that comes up. Right. So do you like, are you a partner of ours? Like for, for like forever, or you like ended at one point, like, how does that go? Can you share anything about the contract or no? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I don't know if I know the answer yet because I've been okay. doing this
0: now for, uh, probably if you include time when I was doing it somewhat unofficially between two and yeah. three years. And okay. so I, I don't know that I've gotten to the point yet that, that I've I've figured out the answer to that because I never want to like a contract has an expiration date on it, but I never want to go beyond that expiration date and then just be unavailable to someone if they need help. I mean, these are things mm-hmm. that for a period of time I take ownership of and I build and maintain and I try to equip, the agency staff to maintain it in my absence when that time comes, but I never want it to be the case that something I built for them needs maintenance because of a change with one. That, if we integrate two platforms and one of them makes some API changes, uh-huh. well, that means make some changes in the connections we established. Mm-hmm. Why well, don't want to leave them on their own? So they call me and I jump back in and help them fix something. I don't. I don't charge for that. It's not accounted yeah, for in yeah. the contract. That's just part of being. Uh, conscientious and caring about the quality of what you do, I should probably, in case somebody really unscrupulous comes along, I should probably put something in the contract about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: as of
0: right now I haven't. Uh, the way it works right now is the contract is for a set period of time. That's the amount of time that's paid for, either monthly or in full, depending on which way the agent wants to do it. There's no payment beyond that contract. There are plenty of agents that decide when that contract's up that they want to renew and do another contract. And they yeah. do that at a discounted rate, you know, out of appreciation for their loyalty. But I haven't yet figured out once one officially ends, how do I still be available and support them without outright giving my time away? Because I don't I can't afford to do that because mm-hmm. I, I there's not enough of it to <laughs> give it away to all the people and have any left. So I can't just give my time away and also can't
1: desert people. So I don't know. When I figure that out, we'll record another podcast. There we go. That works. That works. That works for me, man. I well, hey, I just want to say, man, by the way, I I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but you said something. No, please. I said said
0: earlier that you've got really good insurance agents and really good tech people. And those two groups don't really overlap. And I do agree with that. But not all the agents who need somebody like me um, fit in that group of not knowing tech. Some of them know tech better than I do, but Uh what you said is, right, that they don't need to allocate their time to it. If they put the amount of time I'm putting into uh, connecting technology, their agency would tank because nobody's manning that ship while they're connecting Mm -hmm. technology. So there Mm -hmm. are the agents who could probably outdo me when it comes to coding this and connecting that. They just can't afford to spend their time doing it. 100%.
1: Like me, man. Like, we, we own, I own a technology company. I don't know anything about it. We got a CTO. We got a designer. We got it. We got a developer that works on it daily. They work for us. We pay them. Um, and. And my brother handles the the operation side of things of running all the day-to-day because we got like 40, 50 agents on it, using it, subscribers. So I don't don't have the time to do that day-to-day. I was thinking about going into developing because I'm like, man, I want to learn. So I got into it for a couple of days. I'm like, is this really the best bug for my time? Is this really where I need to spend my time to move the needle in our organization? And I was like... That's not really the best of my time to do that. So I said, okay, I got to stop. I got to f- keep your focus on the things that really move the needle and where my organization needs me. And I promise you, your organization needs you at the top to make bigger decisions than going and automating some of these things that will take you a long time to understand. So um, Justin, man, I appreciate you being, being, on, being on here, man. Is there, I have one more question, but is there anything else you'd like to share to the, all the producers that are listening and all the agency owners?
0: Uh, I guess if I were to share anything right now, this sounds really cliche and it's coming from a guy who's not really producing as much right now as I have historically. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's free advice and it's worth every penny. But uh, I would say not to let this market beat you down. I mean, I'm talking Mm -hmm. to agents right now that are selling as much as they ever have or more in this market. Now it's, it might be harder than it's ever been, but at the same time, tough markets lead to large premiums, which means better compensation for the amount of time you spend doing it. And sometimes the, the renewal cycle being rough really just kind of weeds out some folks you don't want anyway. You know, the the really good clients, at least for our agency, the really good clients are going to weather a higher level of rate disruption and uh, unpleasant things from the carrier because they appreciate us and they're loyal. Mm -hmm. So If that threshold gets us to, they'll tolerate a 30% rate increase. Okay, well, anybody beyond that or anybody that leaves that has a rate increase within that percentage, maybe there's somebody we didn't really have that great a relationship with anyway. Mm -hmm. So the ones we're keeping, we're being compensated better. The ones we're not keeping, maybe we're better off. So I would just tell the producers and agency owners, don't let the market get you down. this, This industry has been through this. Since before either one of us were in the industry, probably before we were alive, mm-hmm. it's going to go through it uh, continually as long as this, uh, as long as it exists, the industry is going to keep going through these cycles. It's temporary. Don't let it beat you down. It, it's yeah. there are people yeah. succeeding in it, and there's no reason that can't be everybody listening to this.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent, Justin. I appreciate your time, my man.